Benjamin Franklin once said, In wine there is wisdom, in beer there is freedom, and in water there's bacteria. No bacteria here. This is On the Back Bar. On the Back Bar is your gateway to talking to the people behind the scenes at bars, distilleries, and vineyards around the world. We'll talk to the experts in the industry about future trends, people, spirits, cocktails, wine, and everything else. So kick your feet up, pour your favorite drink, and hang out on the back bar. This is Christopher Menning. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to On The Back Bar podcast. Uh, great to have you here today and listen in. Um, so we're here to talk today about the Campari Academy Asia launch. Uh, we have two wonderful people in front of us, and uh, it's great to hear about what's been going on. So firstly, Miss Monica Berg, who is the Campari Academy Creative Director, who's been leading this campaign. And we also have Simone from the Global Trade Advocacy Director as well. So guys, firstly, welcome to Bangkok. Great to have you both here. How's it going? Very good. Thank you. Thank you. No, it's amazing. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> good. So I know you arrived in uh, Bangkok last night um, and you did a bit of bar hopping. So welcome to my home city. Very great to have you both here. Um, what's been your impression so far? I think, um, well, not that it's a surprise. I mean, it's my first time here, but uh, I think Bangkok is a very vibrant uh, bar city. I think what is very nice to see is that, yes, um, it takes, you know, reference and inspirations from everywhere else, like most of us. But it also has a very uniquely strong identity of its own. And it's really nice to see the mix of really Thai culture and also flavors. But we, in, a, in a way that makes it easy also for a first-time visitor like myself to really understand very quite fast and, and easily. So it's, 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 very, it's very beautiful to be here. Agree. I was I was here a few years ago, but only with the friends and tour. So as a tourist, and I loved the city even uh, back then. But visiting it also with the with some local advice is definitely better. You can enjoy it way in in another dimension. I would say. Great. Well, like I said before, welcome to my city. I've been here nearly five years now, and I've really seen it evolve so much. And I think it's such an exciting city now, for F and B. So obviously you're here for the Campari Academy Asia launch. Um, you've been jumping around to different countries. Can't wait to hear more about it. Um, can you tell the audience where you've been so far? Because I know this is the last stop. Yeah, so um, I mean, Simona has only joined us parts of the trip, but for myself, it started in Seoul um, and then we went on to Taipei. Then Simo joined us in Singapore, which is where we came from yesterday. And now we are here. Fantastic. So let, let's jump into it. Let's hear about um, the Campari Academy. Where did that come from? Um, you know, as the creative director, I, I understand that you kind of led a lot of this in terms of the program. But I'd love to hear about its inception, um, sort of the, its goals, what it plans to do, and what it can do for the bartending community. 
Well, I mean, I can start and then Simone can uh, add to it if he if he wants. Um, so the Campari Academy was uh, is actually not a new thing. So it's just been that for the last, well, since the first one, uh, which was in Italy 12 years ago, it has been uh, local academies in different parts of the world that works to be a kind of hub for the local community. Our industry has changed a lot over the last few decades. The world has changed a lot over the few decades. Bartenders have changed even more, I would say. So it's about trying to meet bartenders where they want to be met and just facilitating the kind of conversation uh, inspired the industry to uh, to take the courage and do what they want, but also facilitate the conversation and be the kind of catalyst for the local academies to interact with bartenders, but also because we are slightly removed from any one location you can look at the industry from a bigger perspective and you can kind of talk about things that are uh, common for everyone but with slightly different variations and then the local academies will kind of take that uh, overarching conversation and then they will make that into actual tangible uh, everyday tools for bartenders through you know, having masterclasses, having tastings, having um, seminars and in-country uh, trainings. And then by doing that, you will kind of benefit from having this network of academies globally, but also be able to support each other, to kind of rely on each other uh, and really open the doors for bartenders to do what they want to do, which is ultimately see the world, learn as much as possible, uh, get a uh, to know people from other places and really just grow together and, and learn together. I think you said it perfectly, Monica. Monica is with us since the last two years, probably, but it feels that you are with us since the very beginning. But yeah, that, that's true. That, that was, I think last year was a, a very important moment for Campari Academy because basically we, we bring it to the, to the global, to a global, uh, to a global level with the, this, let's say, international approach to really create a strong network of academies. Also, the last year we launched the global online platform, really to go a space for everyone just to connect, see our con the contents that we produce as global team, but also that the local markets are producing. And so I think that now, with the, since last year, we are really establishing a, a powerful international network. If I look back, uh, uh, Two or three years ago, we had four Campari Academies around the world. Today, we have 18 Campari Academies around the world, and the, the network is growing and is growing. And it's very nice because it uh, now, probably, if my priority before was really to open and launch new Campari Academies around the world, now the, the main goal is really to connect all these uh, hubs around the world to, to foster really exchange, the conversation, interna international exchange. And let me say that having Monica at the center of, let's say, the global team and the global strategy, it's really unique and super helpful. So inspiring every day. Fantastic. And Simone, where are you normally based? So as, as a global trade advocacy director, I'm assuming you travel quite a lot. Um, are you based in Italy? Yes, we are based. Our headquarters is in Italy, very close to Milano. It's a smaller city called Sesto San Giovanni that is a slightly less exciting than Milano. But yeah, we are we are basically in Milano, and uh, yeah, as a for my role, I travel quite a lot. 
recently, finally, I, I was able to restart traveling because yes, uh, and uh, in the previous year, when I started, when I joined the global team, I was traveling a lot and then COVID happened. So stuck in Milano, etc., and only calls around the world. But yeah, now we're traveling quite a lot and Asia is the first time for me in Asia. And so that's why we're particularly excited to, to be here with Symphony, with the team in Asia that is helping us a lot in uh, launching the Campari Academy in so many markets here. Great. Well, yeah, Symphony is a good host and she knows how to throw a party, that's for sure. So, Nonika, you mentioned about education and how it's changed and bartenders have changed. And I completely agree, um, particularly over the years since I've had people on the podcast. I've seen the development and, and it's definitely people are expecting more maybe. Um, but in terms of like that, you have been a bit of a pioneer in the education of the bar community for a while now. How have you been um, seeing these changes and implementing it into the Campari Academy? Well, I think, <clears throat> um, I mean, it's not just a change by itself, but it's it's the way that we communicate, the way that people learn, the way that people enjoy to be uh, teaching, but also taught. So I think that what we are trying with the Campari Academy is to kind of redefine how education is um, formatted in a way that it can be both educational, but also, also in entertaining. Because, you know, all of us have kind of redefined the attention span that we have now, you know, because of social media it makes us, you know, a lot of the time digest information in a very short period of time. And we need to have that constant engagement and interaction for it to feel, you know, worth our time. So I think we're trying to find both to facilitate the, the and give access to people um, that bartenders normally perhaps wouldn't have access to. Uh, and then also talking about the topics that are not always the most obvious topics to talk about, topics that perhaps sometimes requires very difficult conversations to be, or the willingness to have difficult conversations, uh, and also try to facilitate like a, a space where it can be done without without turning negative necessarily or without turning unfruitfulness because a lot of the times we as an industry we tend to like we tend to enjoy living in the past teach like reading about history how cocktails were invented but you know if we stay in the past we will never get anywhere so you know um, part of it is by redefining how information is shared but also what information is shared and then by who because I think that has been a big challenge in our industry is that it's very easy to always give the voice to the same people, the same communities, the same opinions. But if we want to make change, we need to make sure that all of the voices are present on all of the opinions are heard. Because just because there's a disagreement doesn't mean that there's not a relationship. You know, you can disagree with someone and you can both be right. You can both be wrong. And that's kind of point, like not the point. The point is, you know, where to take it from there. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, one of the main things that we do is our documentary series called Perspectives, where we look at, you know, different issues from uh, different perspectives, but always with the kind of bartender point of view as the guiding narrative, because I think that bartenders are 
or bars are is an industry that changes so fast. Uh, it has these kind of micro changes that if you are not present when they happen, you might miss them. Uh, and that's part of why a lot of the time the conversations that are being had in our industry is already outdated by the time it's being had in public. You know, is the all of the conversations that you sit, discuss after shift, maybe you have a beer, maybe you have a tea, I don't know. Uh, but all of these kind of, you know, in one-on-one interactions, um, they are very fruitful because it's a, a it's an ex- exchange of opinion. But I think for it to make change or to, for it to be relevant on a global scene, we need to have those discussions and exchanges in the public so that everybody can participate. Because if we want to grow as an industry, we have to make change as an industry. And, you know, I was saying to, we are, we're having this discussion yesterday uh, with someone and, you know, it's great that our industry is, has become so good at, you know, taking pictures for Instagram um growing followers on social media but i think that the last two years uh, it taught us that it doesn't really matter how good you are at those things if you also don't uh, have the power or the presence where your the decisions about your profession and about your life is being made then you really have nothing and i think for the young generation what you can see for the bartenders that are starting to make names for themselves now they're all coming from it from a point of view that they want to change the world and i think is our responsibility as the kind of older generation not that we are old obviously but uh, the older generation to be here and just open those doors for the young ones and to really just let them create the future that they want because you know by giving them tools and the advice that we can give with our experience, we can make sure that they will be present. They will be at the table. Next time the table is deciding when to open bars, what privileges to give to bars, what to do for the hospitality industry if there is ever a situation like this again. And just giving them the, you know, the confidence and the knowledge how to stand up for themselves uh, and, and, you know, paint the, the future that they want. Because, our industry is both very important for society, but it's also very an industry that is easily sacrificed because it has no consequences for the wider society. So I think, I think that's the role of of one of the roles of the academy is to be that catalyst for that conversation and and just being supportive. It's not about being the main character as you would say on tiktok but it's about being the you know the supporting role (laughs) Mm. yes i I agree and i think from what i've seen is there's a lot of young bartenders who want to and good for them but they want to run before they can walk and they're sort of lacking the foundational support or education i guess so i guess that's also part of the campari academy so um simone you mentioned 18 countries you're now in um, you're just launching here in Bangkok, and I know you've got a big seminar coming up. What can people expect uh, to see at the seminar, and what will you be doing here in Thailand specifically? In uh, in general, in Bangkok, uh, well, how we are structuring the uh, these launch events uh, in the different markets is really normally well. Um, if possible, when possible, we also leverage and we take the opportunity of going to a 
a key trade event around the world uh, to present also the concept of Compare Academy to, to a new market. Here in Asia, what we are doing is normally just a quick introduction from uh, myself and Julia, who is working uh, on Compare Academy uh, with us. And we present the concept uh, and we, we showcase uh, an episode or at least the trailer of perspective, the docuseries that Monica was anticipating that is really the pinnacle of, uh, of our content strategy that is where we deep dive into topics that are relevant for us and for the community, hopefully. And then uh, we leave the stage to, to Monica to deep dive, starting the conversation from the docuseries or from perspective and giving her point of view on uh, why we're discussing these topics and uh, what she think about this topic. So it's really um, a complete overview of what we're doing. Uh, in terms of some of these topics, Monica, what, what do you normally sort of bring up, if you're allowed to share? <laughs> oh, sure. Sorry, the mute unmute is always going to be the downfall of every <laughs> session these days. Sorry. Um, so, yes, yeah, so right now, we kind of split the, the year into different uh, themes. And right now we are in the middle of what we would call um, as a overarching theme is raw materials and flavor. And it's the, the, the part where we discuss anything from either or. So raw materials, so the ingredients that you work with, the, the, the flavors that you work with, the how and when you work with them. And also the... Um, the, the sourcing, sustainability, uh, supply chain, and, and about questioning all of these things. So right now, um, I will be talking about the identity and the connection between your identity, the flavors that you use, and uh, how you can use your drinks as much more than just a drink you know it represents so much more it can represent so much more if you wanted to so so i will be just kind of talking about the importance of being you and and, and um seeking this uh, drinks identity bartending identity bar identity as a community both from a local point of view but also a global point of view and, <clears throat> and then just talking a little bit about um drinks in general so it's it's kind of just trying to amplify the the message from the episode. Okay, understood. And um, you know, obviously you're part of Taylor and Elementary at the Amazing Bar in London. I still haven't visited because I haven't been home since the whole COVID era. So one day I will make it. Um, but can you tell us about what's going on there recently? And um, you mentioned about cocktails in the program. Is there any link to what you're doing at Taylor? Yeah. So I think a, a lot of the 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 really valuable information um, that we try to share through the academy is just to take also people's individual experience and then just uh, showing um, our community that there's many ways of achieving whatever you want to achieve, whether it's success, whether it's making as many drinks or as few drinks or as delicious drinks or as strange drinks sometimes I like to, <laughs> to do. So, um, yeah, I will be talking a little bit about how I do things in my bar because obviously it's the, it's the only, really the only thing that I know is how I do things myself. So, you know, in Tayer, we change the menu every day, which can be quite a lot and it can be quite daunting because it means that every, we don't change the entire menu every day, but it means that any given week you show up to work on a Wednesday and you know that you need to create 
somewhere between eight to ten cocktails before you can leave. And for that to be uh, not a ten hour daunting task, you need to kind of streamline, you need to, you know, creativity without any kind of systems or methodology is more or less kind of pointless. in my opinion, not in everyone's opinion, but you need to like have the measures and the systems to be able to, you know, make something that is creative into something that is both understandable for yourself and your team and your guests and also for your bottom line. So, you know, by doing that, you can kind of make it easier for yourself. So I will be sharing this, this process with the, the audience tomorrow and just showing them how we do it because, you know, um, I always say, and I think I say it actually in this episode that we will be showing, um, that as a bartender today, you you have more opportunities than ever before. But you also need to make a decision at some point where in that you want to sit. Because, you know, as a bartender today, you need to ask yourself this when you're creating drinks. What is more important for you, the recipe or the flavor? Because let's say you're talking about the Negroni. If you look at Negroni from a recipe point of view, it's equal parts gin, sweet vermouth and Campari. Uh, It's a drink that is either stirred, built or shaken, depending where you are in the world. And then it's uh, strained over ice and served in a Voxglad or short glass with a orange, arguably, uh, garnish. But if you look at the Negroni from that point of view, it will only ever be that thing, you know? But if you look at a Negroni from a point of flavor where you say, oh, it's a spirit forward, rich and indulgent drink. It is a bittersweet finish. It comes short on ice, maybe, uh, and then it's served with a garnish. Then all of a sudden it becomes less of a restrictive thing. It becomes the, the kind of opening possibility to so many things because now you can say that well if I want to make it more earthy I can swap out the gin with tequila I can uh, make it more you know sweeter slightly warmer in the flavor profile by adding rum instead of gin I can make it more seasonal uh, if I add uh, and something else that doesn't interfere with the overall but like will for example let's say I want to make it more summery I can add some watermelon and it will be more refreshing in the heat. So it becomes, you know, it becomes this canvas of opportunities and it becomes a a vehicle for bartenders and bars to showcase what they're all about. So they can use what has already been created in the past and, and build on it and kind of showcase themselves through the work of others. And I think that's you know, the beauty of any industry and any creative industry is that you take some inspiration from elsewhere, but then you make it your own. But you need to understand the framework that you're borrowing from before you can apply it. Because if I now go and say, okay, so I want to make a Negroni style drink or a Negroni, and then I give you um, a frozen strawberry daiquiri, uh, but with a Campari float. Technically, yeah, it still has the Campari, still has the bittersweet element to it, but as a recognizable, as a Negroni, still, I don't think so. So it's about, you know, those expectations needs to be met at the same time. So some people will say, yeah, but that's a 
very nice upgrade. I actually quite like it. Yes, maybe uh, if you are a frozen strawberry daiquiri drinker, which is, there's nothing wrong with being that. But if if that's what you want, then maybe you should go and order a frozen strawberry daiquiri rather than ordering a Negroni. You know, so you need to also give people what or manage the expectations from the guests because. You know, um, if we want to democratize drinking for more people, make it more approachable for the general public, which ultimately is what we want, because if more people drink cocktails, more people go to bars, more people uh, will, uh, well, will most of the time be equivalent of more turnover and more profit, hope, hopefully. So it's it's about, you know, making sure that people understand this the chain of command in what we do every day but also improving the the likelihood of success so it's just all about uh, communication i guess language all of these things so that's five minute version of the seminar <laughs> yeah so we're very fortunate in this industry where creativity is um, often championed and it's something we can do freely but creativity does have limitations and we do have to have those structure, you know. Um, and touching on making drinks that the consumer will want, you're completely right. Sometimes I see bartenders make drinks for bartenders. They're too complex, they're interesting, but do you want another one afterwards? Not really. So, Simone, I wanted to ask you about the Campari Academy. Um, in the 18 countries, how can people get involved? Where, where should they go to find out um, about what the Academy is doing? Well, I think the main point of contact is the, the digital online platform, because uh, from there you can see, depending on where you are in the world, you can see the academy that is either in your market or closer to your market, and uh, you can uh, see directly the team involved. And so, because this is what I, I love to say every time, that behind every Campari Academy, there is a very strong Campari team and, uh, and Campari group team, and so you can uh, get in touch directly with the team in your market and uh, if the market of oh, sometimes in the market not everywhere but we also do have headquarters for Campari Academy so that are really physical places where bartenders can go meet exchange etc etc with the community and with the Campari Academy team so that's uh, that, that's the main ones either digitally as a first step and hopefully also physically to to meet in one of our Campari Academies around the world we have beautiful location in uh, from New York uh, to to Sydney, from uh, Milano to Barcelona. Now we recently opened in in London, where Monica lives, and um, and now finally here in in Asia. Yesterday we were in Singapore at the Campari Group offices. For me, it was the first time, and they are very nice, I have to say. Yeah, I've been following the stories. I saw you went to, uh, or I think some of you went to the Atlas uh, birthday celebration as well. Um, so I think it was a good time for you to go over. Uh, touching on Singapore then, so let's talk about Asia in general. I, I don't know when the last time you were both here in Asia, but um, you know, for me, I've seen the growth. It's exponential, particularly if you look at Southeast Asia. Um, but what's been your experience so far of where you've been? I think that uh, for, for myself, I, I was very excited of the opportunity of coming to Asia because from, from a distance and from afar, I can say that it looks like Asia is more vibrant than any other market right now, in my opinion. Uh, so much uh, exchange of local information is happening. You see people crossing, doing sh um, events, 
everywhere um, and more like within Asia as a region than externally coming in. So it's really cool to see. Also, I say, I think the last time I was in most of these places, uh, apart from Bangkok, is around 2018, 17, 18, and it's almost not recognizable from, from back then. It's grown and developed so much. I mean, when I, when we went to Seoul, you know, the, the, the latest uh, incarnation of the, the Korean bars is just so Korean in on one side because you know the the aesthetics the design the choice of materials that you build but also the flavors they are so uniquely korean but taking small pockets of of inspiration from the global scene as well but it's 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 beautiful like taipei i would say has always been uh, one of my favorite places in the world i always say that if if i ever has have to leave uh, London, probably Taipei or Lima would be where I'd end up if I could choose freely for myself because it's such a beautiful city. I, I always feel so sad when I'm leaving. Um, Singapore, I mean, Singapore is a Singapore is a beast. You know, it was one of the first markets in Asia that, you know, started to really make a name for itself. It has a pace that makes me feel ancient and I just feel like I need a week of sleep every time I leave, but that's also mostly because Symphony has like one to zero, no, zero to hundred energy control. She's there's like this force of nature that so true. <laughs> it's so vibrant to be around as well, and it's such enjoyable and energy. But it's it's you know Singapore has always been incredible, and you, yeah, it's like this perfect mix of you know. Flavors that you recognize, but are adventurous at the same time, you know, and and it has really has a very, very strong um, inclusive uh, community that it's you don't need to spend more than maybe 30 minutes in any bar before you have a thousand new friends, more or less, you know, they, they greet you with a hi and then they say bye with a hug and a shot <laughs> too many shots <laughs> it's very true yeah singapore is very much like that and simone what have you planned for bangkok over your time here have you guys been trying any of the street not, food yet not yet not yet unfortunately well today for sure i have only two days here so we need to make uh, the best out, out of our time so i have few things to, to finalize, but then I will be in Symphonies and Monica's hands to, to, to visit a bit the city. Good. So maybe just to, just to finish off, um, and thank you once again for joining me today. Um, maybe this is a bit more of a, a, a forward-thinking question, but what about the future of education? Um, you know, what's needed more in the industry? And maybe where should we be looking? Because I know, Monica, before... Um, I think one of your talks, we should be looking to other industries to learn from. Is that something we should still be doing? And if so, what industries do you recommend? Um, I always think that um, if you, yes, if you want to become a better version of yourself or anything, it's, it's always good to go out and explore, you know, like traveling will arguably 
make you a better person because if we give you the empathy and the understanding that the world is different to you it doesn't mean that it's right or wrong it's just different and i think understanding cultures understanding uh, other people's uh, point of view and backgrounds is always going to make it easier to understand the, the nuances i think um as a bartender if you want to become a really good bartender yes you need to go out and do things that are unrelated to making drinks because that's the only way you will grow if you only look at this small pool you'll never see the the pond beyond so so yes you should uh, go and and say regardless of what it is i don't know because it can be anything that you are interested in personally i i very much you know um like perfumes i like this whole kind of chemistry world of creating scents um and it has given me a lot of a uh, lot of um, new direction in in creating drinks and i get that feedback constantly from my guests but i also think that you know um certain things you can only learn by exploring and i think that you need to go out there and especially now when we come from these three years of being sat at home more more or less or being confined with our own community um and i think that the future of you know education will be you know as as cliche as it might sound it can be anything and everything that we want it to be because i think that knowledge is always power uh, power in the sense of um being allowed to do what you want to do and having the understanding of what is necessary to do um when i opened my bar a few years ago it and it still is to be honest it's like this constant work in progress and learn as you go because there's many things that people will tell you and there's many pin- things that people won't tell you sometimes they won't tell you just because they don't know <laughs> and you have to kind of experience it but i think the kind of common misconception sometimes that has been uh, given to our industry from mostly from the outside is that people in our industry we are here because we don't have any other choice and i think that's very wrong because most people when you really sit down and talk to people um, that works behind the bars or on the floor or in hospitality in general you see that one they are very smart uh they are very educated they're very articulate they are very um quite open minded but also in general i would say much more um aware of the world than many other industries but they just chosen this path they chosen to stay in hospitality and to be in hospitality because that's what makes them happy and i think that just acknowledging that will change a lot in the way that we have conversations in the way that we educate people because you know you can say oh so this is five different vodkas you're going to learn what is the difference between wheat potato grain barley whatever but then if the bartender says that's great but i want to learn about sustainable practices of that of sourcing that raw material i want to learn how this uh, what is the process of um saving water in the process of distilling what is the supply chain here what is this or something you need to also acknowledge that okay so if the conversation that you are having is not working because the person you are speaking with it wants to take in different direction you need to also adapt to that and that's where i think the mismatch between 
you know, a lot of the industry has been or the the industry education because also, you know, we need to excite bartenders enough so that they will get involved because ultimately as an industry, it's also bartenders' own responsibility to educate themselves. Yes, the, we should assist, we should help as an industry as a whole, but we ourselves as bartenders also need to acknowledge that we are kind of responsible for our own future. So to just do it more as a collaborative effort, I think that's where you're going to start to see a lot of change uh, in the future of education. Fantastic answer. And, and Simone, would you like to add anything onto that? Uh, well, we're just that we are very happy to, to, be, to be here, that probably to be here in Asia, that probably for the next year really my my priority would be to try to connect more and more bartenders from uh, united states with bartenders from uh, south america from asia from uh, from europe etc etc to really foster this exchange among markets i think for a company group in general bartenders are really the beating heart of the industry and so we want to continue to support and to champion to champion that i think uh, we we really in the last uh, years we were really committed to creating network and and uh, and hubs for bartenders to really connect and exchange and so this is what we want to continue to do and accelerate with the global expansion of Campari Academy. Fantastic well guys thank you so much for joining me today it's been a pleasure to host you and uh, thank you for sharing your information about the Campari Academy and good luck today or tomorrow with the launch um, and enjoy your time in Bangkok. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks so much. We will be definitely asking you some uh, advice and recommendation for Bangkok. Thank you so much for listening to the show, guys. Uh, we are available on Spotify, iTunes, and all other major podcast providers. Your support helps my show grow, and I love you for listening. So thank you so much. If you want to be a part of it even more, please look at the show notes. You can find links to our Facebook group, The Beverage Network. You can also find links to my Patreon page where you can help the show grow even further with small donations. And you can also find my email where you can reach me anytime with any questions. You guys are amazing. I love this industry. Let's keep it growing. Thank you for listening to On The Bad Bar.